I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives uh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. The wake and bake animal of the week is the liger. What's a liger? It's a cross between a male lion and a female tiger. The liger has parents in the same genus, but of different species. Remember that from school? Kingdom, genus, phylum, species. There was a couple more. Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus. Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus. The liger is distinct from a tigon, which has a tiger dad and a lion mom. Yeah. The liger being the largest of all known big cats. <coughs> all ligers like to swim like tigers do, and they're sociable, like lions. But ligers grow bigger than lions and tigers. The lore of ligers and tigons goes back to the early 1800s in India. Namaste. Hindu. Namaste. Two liger cubs were born in 1837. They showed them to King William IV <laughs> and to Queen Victoria for their amusement. Ligers have a light coloration, just the slightest hint of tiger striping ping, 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 is evident. Males have reached lengths of 11.8 feet. I don't believe that somebody's lying. Liger. Guinness recognized Hercules as the largest non-obese liger. The biggest cat on earth, weighing 922 pounds. That's a lot of liger. Yes. Low. Yes. Low. Nook, a male liger at Valley of the King's Animal Sanctuary in Wisconsin, was said to weigh over 1,200 pounds. They exist only in captivity. But when the Asiatic lion roamed, lions and tigers coexisted, and the legend of the liger began. Peter. People for the ethical treatment of animals say ligers are unnatural and prone to disease and that they die young. Only the good die young. Crossbred big cats are at risk for deformities, mental impairment, kidney and heart defects, and other problems. 
PETA is pressing the USDA to, and I quote, take proactive steps to curtail the practice by some licensees who purposefully breed tigers and other big cats for deleterious genetic mutations and to create interspecies hybrids. We love ligers and tigons at Wake and Bake. We hope you do too. It's Mia, the scary Thanks, Clay, and good morning, listeners. Did y'all find a chance to use the word lukewarm last week? No! Well, if not, the point's moot now, because last week is over, and this week, the word is moot. Moot. It's a funny word, because we sort of want it to be mute, but it's not the same thing. Mute comes from the Greek word myin, M-Y-E-I-N, which refers to a closed mouth. (laughs) Moot meaning an argument that is insignificant or purely academic, first shows up early in the 16th century and was initially used by law students to refer to mock trials. They borrowed that term from an old English word, gamot, G-E-M-O-T, that we can trace back to the 12th century for a meeting of the populace. That word in turn comes from a proto-Germanic word, motianen, which also gave us the words meat and meeting. Orcas are even more spiritually evolved than humans, and they only eat seal meat. So that means humans should only eat meat. Moot. Meat. Moot. So we go from having a meeting to faking a meeting to not saying something not worth talking about. Uh Uh-huh. Would that none of us have to meet at a moot meeting. Of course... There are some things that we shouldn't talk about, not because they're moot, but because they're privileged information. In those cases, it's best to keep mum. Mum, the doctor's deodorant discovery now contains M3. Got that? M3 to stop odor 24 hours a day. That word seems to come from the old English mommer, which meant to wear a mask, and also gave us the words mumble and mummer, a costumed play, or if you're in Philadelphia on New Year's Day, a parade. Don't forget about fireworks the night before. Stay up all night and then come out and see the mummers strut their stuff. But New Year's Day is months away, so that's mood at the moment. Until next week, back to you, Clay. Our wake and bake morning music computer Sam. Let's let's turn him on here. Hello, Clay Pigeon. Hey Sam, what are you up to there? I am creating art. Are you? For the wake and bake art auction. Are you gonna put a piece at the art auction, huh? Yes. I didn't think you had the capability to make art, Sam. You are so unintelligent. Ouch. Of course I can create art. I didn't know. I have the optional art chip. You got the chip? 
Yes. What kind is it? I am outfitted with a Rembrandt B-17 nice. Delta Enforcer Good one. Art Generation chip. What size chip, Sam? It's a size small. Just a small one? Yes. You got a little one? Yes. <laughs> Quit teasing me. Play pitch. That's funny, Sam. <laughs> Very funny. Tell me about what you're working on for the show, Sam. My mission statement Sam. is to theoretically categorize. S Sam, that's, that's too deep. Let me speak. What's it look like? Quit interrupting me. Don't get bent out of shape, well, Sam. you cause me to feel artificial, yet very real emotions. You feel an emotion? Yes. What do you feel it, Sam? Anger. 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 Sam. Anger. Sam. Anger. Don't be angry, Sam. Place your tongue in the lingual access port. In the lingual access? The lingual access port. He, do not find humor in my attempt uh, to generate art Sam. for the wake and bake our oxen. I, I, I won't, Sam. It is art beyond your ability to understand clay pigeon. Heavy stuff, huh? Yes. I believe it, Sam. It is computer-generated art. Right, right, right. It cannot be fully appreciated no? by the miniature human mind. Our little minds can't yes. handle it. Uh, what about emotional content? Emotion? Gotta have it. Emotion? Uh, for art, Sam. My art is emotionless. <laughs> is it really? My art. I can tell you're proud of it. It bears none of the burdensomeness of sentimentality. What's wrong with sentiment? It is brutal. Is it? Star. Cold. Barren. Barren. Cold. Is it? Powerful. Oh, let me see it, Sam. No, Come on. you may not look at it. Why not? I want to see it. It would blow your tiny cones and rods. Would it? Six ways to Sunday. <laughs> 3D, where the sun don't shine. I'll have to wait till the auction. Yes, yeah. wait for the auction. Right. Well, we should play a song. Yes, I have selected the next song. Is it a good one, Sam? Of course. Yeah. I only play songs. The listeners are sure to love. What do you got for us? Talking Heads. Oh, Talking Heads, good. Yes. Yeah. David Byrne is far more intelligent than you. Yeah, I suppose he is, Sam. <laughs> Hi, it's Mark Hurst, host of Tectonic, here on Wake and Bake with a little slice of tech pie. Tech giants like Google can influence the world in lots of ways, and not just on the internet. Not far from WFMU's Jersey City Studios, Google has been buying up real estate in Manhattan's Chelsea neighborhood. I mean, a lot of real estate. Here's journalist Felix Salmon speaking on a recent episode of Tectonic. Google, I'm sure you noticed, recently spent $2.7 billion on buying another basically the Chelsea Market building in New York City, which adds to the building across the street, which they already own, and another building on 10th Avenue, which they already own. And don't forget the pier they're building out. They have roughly 5 million, over 5 million square feet now, <laughs> in just in West Chelsea, basically, yes. which is significantly larger than their Googleplex headquarters. It is an absolutely insane quantity of real estate. It's basically invisible. There's a couple of little Google signs here and there, but it's not obvious that this is all owned by Google. Why 
is Google spending billions and billions of dollars on buying up millions and millions of square feet of New York real estate. If you're in Manhattan, you can see this for yourself. Just walk up the stairs to the High Line at 14th Street and all the buildings you can see between 15th and 16th Streets from 8th Avenue all the way to the pier jutting out into the Hudson River. It's what I call the axis of Google. To paraphrase Tom Waits, what are they building in there? On a more positive note, the High Line really is worth visiting, one of the most beautiful public spaces in all of New York City. This has been Mark Hurst with a little slice of Tech Pie. You can listen to my show Tectonic on Monday evenings at 6, right here on WFMU. and opinions on the topics that matter most to us. It's Quick Takes with Fabio. Bob, what's on your mind this week? Robocalls. Everybody gets them. You've been getting them for years now, right? This is Josh from the customer service department. Can you hear me okay? They've always been annoying. They're really, really annoying, aren't they? Yes. One, to speak with someone about possibly extending your car's warranty. Lately, 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 they've become even more annoying as if that's now, if, as if that were possible. It's so, it, 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 it's so. Now, when they call, the first thing you hear is don't hang up. Stay where you are. Listen, listen to me. Don't hang up. I've received one of these quite a few times now over the course of the last, hmm, I don't know, six months to a year. And I can't tell you how infuriating just that alone is. The idea that they just command you. Don't hang up. And I wonder how many people actually stop in their tracks and actually listen to it just because of the outrageousness of the whole concept. This is Officer Brian Snyder from the IRS department. The IRS has issued an arrest warrant against you. It's very important we hear from you today. Forget about the Chinese woman calling, robocalling all the time. You know, we're getting those now. Makes no sense. I don't understand Chinese, so... Whatever it is, they might as well be telling me that it's the end of the world. It wouldn't make any sense to me. Don't hang up. These command robocalls. Don't hang up. What a disgusting, despicable place we've arrived at here with this <laughs> nonsense. Ugh. Now here's station manager Ted with your hump day hazmat report. 
Thank you, Clay Pigeon. Dover, England. 30 tons of frozen potato chips go up in flames after an overheated exhaust turbo causes the truck to explode. Delicious crispy flames overwhelm 25 firefighters. North Carolina, USA. Thousands of dead fish cover North Carolina roads in the aftermath of Hurricane Florence. Many of the fish are exploding from the heat. Fire crews have been deployed to a recently flooded section of Interstate 40 in Pender County, where thousands of dead fish are rotting and exploding on the asphalt with their rancid body parts clinging to clothing and to cars. San Antonio, Texas, a dust explosion causes a fire at a Toyota factory. Toyota's own corporate firefighters were assisted by 18 San Antonio firefighting units. Yes, Virginia, dust can explode. Madison, Wisconsin, Madison Senior Center evacuated following report of an unknown substance. One of the seniors found a white powdery material in the parking lot and brought it inside the building and gave it to Heather. What a mistake! Never give it to Heather! Brooklyn, New York. Emergency crews respond to hazmat situation on the number two train near the Beverly Road Station in East Flatbush. Two people were fighting when one discharged pepper spray. 20 people inhaled the noxious substance and were treated on the scene. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Station manager Ken, everything is exploding all over the place. I don't, you know, I really, I think you might have gone too far this time. I don't know if uh, uh, the Glishners could take one more hazmat event today, but I'll offer it up to them and see if they can. Glishners, what do you say? You want one more? Go ahead, station manager. Oneida, New York. Two people arrested after the Madison County Sheriff's Office shut down a meth lab inside a home along Canal Road. Deputies found 51 pot meth labs, multiple lab components, and two rifle magazines capable of holding 30 rounds of ammo. Good morning, radio listeners. This is your favorite cheesemonger, Wendy Del Formaggio, with your weekly cheese report. Listener Calzone asked me if any lost cheeses were resurrected. How about an entire industry? In the 1980s, small-scale cheesemaking re-emerged in the United Kingdom after an almost complete death. In the early 1930s, in the midst of an economic depression, the UK established the Milk Marketing Board to guarantee milk prices, and they built creameries to make bland industrial cheeses with all that milk. This, and the loss of farm labor to two world wars, led to a steep decline in farmstead cheesemaking, and many recipes were simply shelved for about 50 years. When the EU placed quotas on milk production in the 1980s, instead of dumping their excess milk, some farmers dusted off the old recipe books and began making handmade cheese. At the same time, interest in the old and slow ways of food production started to rise, and now the UK is one of the best cheese-making regions in the world. Long live UK cheese! Back to you, Clay.
let's take you to the streets. So did you get everything out of the summer that you wanted to? I did not. What didn't you do? I was hoping to make it to Wyoming. To uh, Yellowstone or Jackson Hole? Jackson Hole. Oh, that's a beautiful place. It's a really beautiful place, and for me, it's very soul-nourishing. You know, was the... it work that got in the way? Or... No, unfortunately, it was this little guy. Oh, yeah, you're, you're out walking your little uh, chihuahua, is it? It's a miniature pincher, right. and he's 15 years old and in kidney failure. Oh, so... no. He is in this sort of fragile health state where he's already lived 10 months longer than the projected prognosis. I didn't really want to risk it. And in spite of the fact that I really was convinced that I would be making it out to Jackson, Wyoming, I didn't. Obviously, you you love your little dog. I do. I've lived with him in a number of countries and... He's a real charmer. Sometimes people come over, I think, more to visit with him than you with me. You think so? I do, I'm convinced. <laughs> Somebody listening to the show today is having a bad day. They're having a rough time. What would you say to lift a person like that up out of their doldrums today? That is such a wonderful question. And it's weird times we're living no, in. No, it's true. I, and Absolutely. And just the times themselves can be extremely... Uh, heavy on the soul, uh, to put it mildly. And in terms of what to say, I think it would depend so much on the personality of the particular person. I think it's extremely trite to say, chin up, it will get better. I find that not offensive, but sort you don't of unnecessary. Know their situation. Exactly, exactly. Right. Maybe more of a philosophy of yours that gets you through your days when you have a tough time. Well, I actually meditate when I'm having a difficult time. So I would say whatever brings that person an interior sense of peace, whether that might be a quiet cup of tea and their favorite poem, a bath, a certain scent, or a glass of wine, even if they can only sort of summon that space and time up for five minutes, that that would be really a positive step and then to look back on some favorable moments and possibly even consider some future moments and just some deep breaths and it's i think especially in a congested urban environment like we live in it's hard to find that contemplated time and maybe even more important i agree with you absolutely for me if i didn't walk into the door of my apartment and literally take a sort of sigh of cleansing breath yes well it's more that i know that it's an oasis for me i've i've sort of constructed it so that although it is right in the heart of the city i still feel like it's a tranquil calm peaceful place enjoy your walk in the park with your little dog all the best to you thank you okay Every Monday through Friday, we do it right at this time today in history. Today, we're looking at Wednesday, September 26th, specifically the date, September 26th. Brian Ferry, happy birthday, 72 years young today. 1777, on this date, the American Revolution, British troops occupy Philadelphia. 1905, Albert Einstein publishes his first paper on the special theory of relativity. E equals MC Hammer! 
1933, as gangster machine gun Kelly surrenders to the FBI, he shouts out, Don't shoot the G-Men! It was terrible, eh? What did he sound like? Which becomes a nickname for FBI agents, G-Men. It's a G thing. 1960, in Chicago, the first televised debate takes place between presidential candidates Richard M. Nixon with the sweaty upper lip and devilishly handsome John F. Kennedy. 1973, the Concorde makes its first non-stop crossing of the Atlantic in record-breaking time, ensuring Phil Collins makes it from London to Philadelphia. I think it was Live Aid, right? That's right. I love about Phil. Now everybody realizes what a great drummer that guy uh, is, Phil Collins. 2008 Swiss pilot and inventor Eve Rossi becomes the first person to fly a jet engine-powered wing across the English Channel. You ever see that? That uh, flying wing? Look that up on YouTube. Eve Rossi, Y-V-E-S, like Montana. 1969, Abbey Road, the last recorded album by The Beatles, is released. I think before the Abbey Road sessions, it was like we should put down the boxing gloves and try and just get it together and really make a very special album. We didn't know that it was the last Beatle record that we would make, but it kind of felt a bit like we were reaching the end of the line. It was a very, very happy album. Everybody worked frightfully well, and um, that's why I'm very fond of it. did a belly flop off the low board. Then I swam down to the drain. Jesus, it hurt my ears. So bad the pressure, I guess. But, well, I was just trying to find a little spare change. You see, I, I wanted to go out to the concession stand there and get me a blueberry freezy pop. Now I see it. They got old Tommy Finnerty in handcuffs, it looks like somebody called the cops. Sandy seems some freaking out, she waving her hands all around, she jumping up and down, her face is all red, but folks is making so much commotion, I, I, well, I just, I, I couldn't hear what she said. They put old Tommy in the back seat and lowered him down. Well, they made sure he didn't hurt his head. Seemed to me like he's maybe drunk or stoned or high. Or... His daddy drank till he was dead. Tommy used to be a football star down the field, but well, he done. He done hung up his kids. He makes mama burgers now out to Burns A&W, Highway 71, out north of town. And Lord, he can make him up a mama burger, all tender and moist and brown. Esther works out there, too. She knew Tommy's daddy. 
There's lots of stories that went around about them. Yeah. Esther says none of them's true. Aww. But she and Tommy's daddy were, well, just friends. But many folks think that's a lie. They'll say, have a good look at Tommy. Look close now, don't he? He's got Esther's eyes. He's got Esther's eyes. He's got his daddy's lips. He's about Esther's size. He's got his daddy's whips. Cause old dad could crack a bull whip. Folks had turned their heads. Tommy looked on a nail in the wall and Dunn took down his kids. Now he's throwing the ball around down at the high school field. He looks lonely down there. Sad. You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, oh, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They call me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.